This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? We have our expert, Jonathan Twomley, with us. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. Every day is a good day. Uh, every day is a good day to make some money, and let's try to be just a little bit better than yesterday. That's a, that's a new I, saying I rolled out. 1% better than the day before. Exactly. Right? That's it. Actually, I have this. I have, this uh, have you ever seen the movie Jiro Dreams of Sushi? I have not. Oh, you have to see this. It's, it's one of the greatest documentaries out there. And it is about this uh, 90-year-old uh, sushi chef in, in Tokyo who earned a Michelin star. Oh. And he's, it, it's about his quest, his ongoing quest for perfection at the age of 90, still trying to improve. And he has this, he has this, uh, he's, at one point, there's a food critic who's talking about Jiro's, like, kind of ethos which is you know today better today better than yesterday tomorrow better than today nice. and i actually had my my mother-in-law who is an expert uh japanese calligrapher i had her make uh that in japanese calligraphy so i actually have it on my wall here i have one in my office and uh i gave nice. one to my partner so nice yeah. well you'll have to send me that uh, title uh, offline so i can I, i'm guessing netflix or somewhere will have it so i'll, I'll yeah it. yeah it's it's all over it's really it's really a great movie so cool i will uh, i will watch that either today or tomorrow uh we we are gonna have three episode folks with jonathan today i promise you you're gonna want to watch all three the first one we're, we always hit because uh, jonathan and i speak thursday morning is about the un- new unemployment claims uh so did you see him this morning what'd you think what's going on I did, yeah. So they are uh, came in higher than expected mm-hmm. at seven ninety three thousand. Yeah. Um, they actually revised the week before, which had looked better, upward to eight hundred and twelve thousand. So the net effect of all that is that the the eight week, uh, sorry, the four week rolling average is now in the low eight hundreds, which is a slight improvement, but it's still over eight hundred, and yeah. the claims are not; they're still not coming down. However, within the numbers, there is some good news, which is that the claims were down in New York, in Florida, in Maryland, quite substantially. California, you're screwing us up, Michael. You guys are just messing things up by continuing. You had a big surge in California, which is really responsible for the number not coming down that much. Um, But in some of the other states, we're seeing some improvement. And some of that is related to the decline in COVID cases. We really have, we have reached a peak. We don't know if it's the peak yet, but we have seen a peak and, and substantial decline. And in New York, they're now reopening restaurants for indoor dining. They're gonna let kids go back to middle school now, which is great. And uh, so things are on the upswing here, at least for the time being, assuming that there was no, you know, Super Bowl, super spreader events, um, it seems like, you know, the herd immunity, the vaccine starting to, to kick in and, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed that maybe we've put the worst behind us, but still, yeah. still to be seen. Yeah, I, I, we still have some pain to go, but I do think the worst is behind us. We are now seeing cities and states who were 
I don't know. I consider overzealous on lockdowns. Uh, you know, that's a debate. Doesn't matter at this point. They're opening up, whether it's New York. Uh, also, I heard New York is going to open up big events like uh, the Barclays Center, where the New York, the New Jersey, no, the Brooklyn yeah, Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Brooklyn yes. Nets. They, they play, the, you know, t- they're going to have 10% occupancy. My, my economic brain goes, how the hell do they make any money at 10% occupancy? But hey, it's going to open well, up. So let's, that's a good thing. I guess, I guess they're figuring they make more money than at 0% occupancy, right? So well, I don't know if that's true, stuff. honestly, right? I mean, lights and camera and employment and food. And I mean, can they really? I don't know if that's true, actually. Well, I think they're doing a lot of that already. I mean, not the food, obviously, uh-huh. right? Not the ushers, but they're, they still have all the, well, the TV stuff is paid for, for, for by the TV. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's, I think it's the same thing as restaurants. I mean, you and I have talked for, for quite a while, like eight months ago, that restaurants can't make money at 25% occupancy or 50%. Yeah. I think, but so. I think yeah, I think a lot of restaurants, though, they have had outdoor dining. And if you walk down the streets of New York City, you see a, very, a lot of very creative outdoor dining spaces, some of which, you know, are so well constructed. You look at them, you're like, That's <laughs> how's that weird. not indoor? That's really indoor dining just outside and cold, you know. It's not it's there's no, temporary. There's there's no airflow, there's no nothing, but you know, most places have done it right and with, with they've been able to kind of scrape by with outdoor dining even in the wintertime and now you know, they're going to be allowed 25% indoor dining. Mm-hmm. You know, that that kind of doubles their seating capacity in a yeah. lot of cases. So I think that will help and when we get to 50% hopefully in a you know in a month or so uh, you know, that'll, that'll yeah. make things a lot better. A- anecdotally, I'm seeing or hearing, uh, well, what I'm seeing just, I, you know, I had to, this morning, I had to run some errands before our call. And um, I noticed a bunch of new, like new construction going on in restaurants. So like the ah. paper was up, the, the building permits are on the door. And I, I heard this morning as well from a couple of members of an organization I belong to called the Entrepreneurs Organization, where some of our members who had to close their restaurants because of COVID are now opening new restaurants. And, and probably what they're doing is they had big expensive spaces before then they and they got out of those leases and now they're opening new places in, with really good leases, but I, I bet you. I bet uh, you're right. Yeah. And, and they're taking advantage of that. And it just this is a little bit, this is a real tangent, but I just, I, I want to kind of, does it, so I have a good friend in Japan okay. who has a, he owns a company that has at least a hundred mobile phone shops spread around Japan. Okay. Right? And he's, his, his company does a hundred million dollars a year in business. And he's, um, he once told me that his business strategy is to wait for a recession. And every time there's a recession, he runs out and opens a whole bunch of new stores because he can get really good lease rates at that time. And that's how he expands his business. And so he gets really good leases. He locks them in for a long time and he just basically does as many as he can afford because he knows that like yeah. after the trough is going to come the, the peak again. So Genius. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's has been his whole strategy. And, it's, and now he's, you know, he's like younger than both of us and he's oh, wow. sitting on a, on a hundred million dollar company. Right. So, uh good for him he's um yeah and and that's that's the kind of thing that in real estate you really want to be thinking about whether it's a a lease which is an interest in real estate or whatever i mean it's one of your biggest business expenses there is and if you can lock in you know low lease rates at a time when everyone 
everybody else is scared around you, that's going to give you a competitive advantage against everybody else when the good times come back. So that's what I think smart, savvy people are doing right now. Yeah. They're taking advantage of the ability to lock in low lease, lease rates yeah. and, and, that, and start business. Yeah, that was something, uh, again, I love the fact that these are all recorded. I was talking about about six months ago that 2020 was going to be the year of the shutdown or the bankruptcy or the key, you know, mailing of keys. But I fully expected 2021 to be the year of grand openings, right? Because pe- creative entrepreneurs, you know, like you say, got out of a bad deal. Time went by. Now they see the future. Entrepreneurs, generally speaking, are positive people. They're going to go, now's the time, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get in a month or two early. We're going to, we're going to construct while it's cold outside so that we're open yeah. when April hits or you know, Mar- late March but, or whatever. But, but obviously there are only really sort of two groups of people who can take advantage of this though. Okay. One, is, one is people who are well capitalized. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they can basically eat the loss that they had and mm-hmm. they still have something left over to go do a new business. True. And, prob- and build up good business credit so they can get loans, they can get whatever. The other is people who were on the sidelines the whole time and didn't spend the money, so now they have the money to go do it. Mm-hmm. The people who can't do it are the people who, like, opened at the top, and they were thinly capitalized, and they pay, they paid up for leases at the top of the market, yeah. and now they're wiped out and they've got nothing left. And it's the same in real estate, right? Like mm-hmm. the people who were going to get wiped out <clears throat> are the people who paid too much, and then <clears throat> weren't able to sustain their debt service because the underlying fundamentals eroded underneath them. Yeah. People who got in early, they have a, their, their debt service is low enough that they can ride it out. People who are on the sidelines, not affected, but it's, it's always the people who bought at the top of the market, mm-hmm. too thinly capitalized, right, and maybe too aggressive with their assumptions are the ones who can't take advantage. Yeah, I think, I think there's one more person at risk, and I see this a lot in real estate. I actually saw this a lot in 08. It's the person who tries to hold on for too long, right? The, the, the world shifted under them. They had some capital, they had some credit, they could get loans, but the crisis went on longer than they could operate. And what really yeah. happens is they really just kind of destroy themselves for many years to come where they could have just said, okay, uncle, sell these quickly at a loss. I'm going to retreat. So I'm stronger later. Um, I saw that a bunch in, in a way. Yeah. I mean, it can, again, and this is, we've got kind of off the, unemployment but you know who cares it's all together uh, the, it's our show <laughs> it's all, it's all, we can talk about whatever we want to yeah uh the um you know the thing is obviously if you're well capitalized right you can ride it out and and you can wait for the upswing um but the problem is if you're if you're not well capitalized enough then you're you just have to get out and cut your losses right mm-hmm. and uh it's it's been i i i mean I, I should go find these studies but there are studies out there that that basically show and they're you know, there's studies of the stock market, but it's, it's mar- markets are all, they're, yeah. you can analogize one to the other. Sure. It's always better to sell too soon than to sell too late. Amen. Is I've learned that. Yes. Demonstrably better for you to miss out on some upside than to try to time the top of the market and miss it on the downside. Right. So you sell, you sell too early. Look, you've made a profit. You've got money to invest, right? Yep. You're, you're fine. Sell too late. And if you're not, you know, well capitalized enough to write it out, you lose everything. And so uh, that's, you know, like when I sold my properties before uh, in 2019, 
people are like, You're, you sold too early, you should ride this out. No, I sold when I got a good offer and I made a really good profit and my investors are very happy. I was asked yesterday, do you regret selling? And I'm like, no, I don't no. regret selling at all. I, you know, like, yeah, so I missed out on, maybe I could have sold them for a little bit more money if I waited another year or two. So what? Like, it's, you know, yeah. the bulls and the bears make money and the pigs get slaughtered. And, exactly. And that's kind of like, you've got to, you got to be either a bull or a bear. You can't I just totally. be a hog. Yeah, totally agree. Bring it back on the unemployment side. Just the, the big number that frightened me this morning, I don't know if you saw it, is we now have 20.4 yes. million people receiving some kind of aid. Some kind of assistance. Yeah. That, that was the horrible. Yeah. Up by 2 million. By yeah, two and, and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. So that is a big, big number and kind of shows what the the ongoing effect of week after week after week of 800,000 new claims. I mean, as we've said before, we're like, we've gotten used to this number. Oh, so right? it's, just a, it's just yeah. a number, like 800,000, like 700,000. Like, oh yeah, it's a little better. But I mean, it's like, we have to kind of back up and say, wait a minute. Like, yeah. you know, when we had 600,000 or 650,000 claims in 2008, it was a catastrophe. And we're yeah. having that catastrophe week after week after week after week after week, right? And yeah. uh, and that is, and and at the same time, and I was thinking about this before we got on the call, it doesn't feel to me right now as bad as 2008. It's very weird, right? Like I don't feel the same because I think because it's that K-shaped recovery. Oh yeah, right? for sure. Because I think in 2008, everybody got hurt, right? You had money in the stock market, you got hurt. You had money in a house, you got hurt. You lost your job. You got hurt. Now, you know what? We're, you and I are surrounded by people who have done well during this thing, sure. and it's very, it's it's very distorted. Like most of the people that we know, mm -hmm. just started work, just started working from home, and nothing yeah. really changed. Now, I mean, their big complaint is, "Oh God, I hate these Zoom calls all day long." Right? <laughs> That's their complaint. Yeah. Or, or like my, or like my kids. Like you know, I, I have trouble focusing because my kids are around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm busier, but that, or I need space. Like, I'm going to go buy a new house. Right. 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 You know, it's not like I don't have enough money to feed my family or I yeah. can't pay my mortgage. Yeah. Food right? or electricity. So, yeah. yeah. Right now, but there are lots of people who are having these struggles, but they're kind of being missed. You know, we know sort of intellectually that they're out there, but I'm not seeing a lot of press coverage about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing certainly like in my, immediate circles. I don't see it. You, you yeah. probably don't see it either. No. And I think the, the journalists all come from the same class, essentially that we come from. So they don't know anybody really who is like directly suffering either, yeah. which is why you don't see it in the press. So I think it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that we've got 800,000 people every single week losing their jobs. Yeah. And that that is like not, look, we, you know, there's, additional stimulus money and what have you, but still, this is not a healthy situation and there's pain somewhere. And it's right now the pain is being masked. And at some point it's going to appear in the system somehow, right? Yeah. We're not sure what form it's going to take, but it's going, there is going to be some form to this. Uh, and I think, I think like the big fight, right? So we're going to get stimulus money coming up soon because basically what everything is running out next month, Congress is going to have to do something the Democrats, you know, will be able to 
they'll be able to use the budget reconciliation process to get through what they want. So we're going to have some stimulus, no matter what the Republicans have to say about it. I think the big fight, though, is going to come when we've clearly beaten back COVID and unemployment claims are falling. But there's still a lot of that like long term pain out there, like those companies that disappeared, all those people who, you know, I think the political situation will be, look, things are getting better, the economy is growing again, we don't need any more stimulus money, people don't need extended unemployment benefits, we're certainly not going to give them an extra 300 bucks a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that it's going to take a long time for the economy to reabsorb all those people mm -hmm. when you've got you know, A, businesses that disappeared, and B, during every recession, you and I know, you know, businesses that are capable of automating use that time to automate and just eliminate jobs permanently so they don't have to hire those people back when they come back. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. And I think that is a risk for uh, rent, rental owners, whether it's multifamily or single family, that they're going to have to figure out, it's still unquantifiable. Like I don't, we don't know how this is gonna play out, but you have to be thinking about how, what happens when you know, the stimulus money runs out to your tenants who are unemployed because the economy is getting better, mm -hmm. but they still can't find work, right? And, and how, how much is that going to impact you? you know, maybe a little, maybe a lot, you just don't know. But you ha if you're not thinking about how you deal with the situation, uh, you're, you, you've got your head in the sand, really. So. Yeah. Um, something that you should be cognizant of going forward. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on the unemployment before we get into episode two is uh, Biden's going to get his $1.9 trillion stimulus. It's going to happen. There's nothing in these numbers that would make that stop. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to see. Uh, I, we just can't get used to seven or 800,000. It's just, it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Can I, I just want to say sure. something about stimulus too, in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hope that one thing that comes out of this, Thing that we've been through is that somebody somewhere in government in planning is sitting down thinking okay when we have another pandemic whether it's 10 years from now or 100 years from now how do we respond to it better like what yeah. should the economic stimulus be because i think this has basically been a disaster right the idea of like all these people you know like you and me who basically didn't see any effect at all mm -hmm. from this got stimulus checks, which we didn't need. It's fueled all this, you know, there's a good argument to be made that the whole Robin Hood thing, hmm. the whole Bitcoin thing is actually because people took these stimulus checks and they were like, hey, this is free money to gamble with. And they just, and plus they're sitting at home. And, and, and also the, 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 all the sports gambling and other stuff has been like, they can't gamble. So people who have a gambling mindset have been gambling on stuff like this. You know, the wrong people got stimulus money, right? The rich got a whole bunch of stimulus money, the banks, like all the stuff, and it just, they just poured it into assets and just further you know, blew up asset prices, pricing out normal people even more. Like the way that I would say this should have been done is do it through the unemployment system, right? For people who actually lose their jobs, mm -hmm. give them actual money. Don't give anybody else any money, right? Don't give money to companies to like keep people employed, well, what's the point? If they don't have work for them to do, you know, like why pay them? Just and don't pay them their salary, you know, like do it through the unemployment system. Mm -hmm. And then they should have given like landlords directly rent and, and kind of made the banks the gatekeepers for that in the sense of like, hey, 
that, you know, because just to try to eliminate fraud. I think what we've had now is that there's a ton of fraud in the system mm-hmm. and through the PPP and like just the money went to the wrong places and there was too much of it going out there. There should have been a lot less money going out the door, but it should have been a lot more directed to a, a couple of specific points. Like, you know, give, give landlords, like give commercial landlords the rent money so mm-hmm. that those business, all those restaurants don't go out of business permanently. Mm-hmm. They just go into like stasis and their rent gets paid and they go into stasis. And then like the owners and the servers, like they're unemployed, give them some money to tide them over until this is over, right? That kind of stuff. Rather than what we did, which was just throw a buttload of money at everything. And, you know, yeah. it just wasn't targeted. Now, obviously, you know, look, nobody knew. I, like we're shutting down the economy. So, oh my gosh. But, you know, now that we've had the benefit of seeing this play out, mm-hmm. I think we have to plan for the next one. With, and that next one's got to be really specifically targeted, get the money into the hands of the people who are actually hurt and don't give money to people who don't need it, you know, who are just going to use it to, you know, buy stuff, yeah. know, buy, buy, buy buildings and whatnot, you know. Totally just, agree. Yeah. Totally so, agree. Very cool. Rant. No worries. I like it. I love your rants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's episode one, folks. You're going to love episode two and three. Here we go.